Hey church, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Kyle Rora. I am one of the pastors here at Temple. And uh, hey, welcome to my living room. Listen, I get that this is weird. This is weird for me too. Uh, if you had told me uh, like 10 years ago when I was finishing up my diploma in broadcasting television and video production that I would have been merging my college diploma and my theology degree to video record my sermon for a Sunday morning, I'd have told you you were out your mind. But here we are. So uh, can you, would you be, would you pray with me? Listen, this is, this is a weird as, for me as I'm sure it is for you, but I hope you're gathering with, with your family or maybe even your small group uh, to, to hear this and, and to pray and to maybe even be singing together. Um, but can you pray with me now as, as we begin the message? God, we love you. God, we need you. Holy Spirit, overflow in us right now. God, I praise you that I can, I can pray a prayer like that to you and you are good enough and you are great enough and you are outside of time so that I can pray it for myself right now and it still ring true for those who are listening to this on, on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon or Tuesday evening, whenever it is and that prayer still rings true because you are outside of time, praise you. I pray that you would speak through me right now. That you would use your word, use me to speak your word right now. That my voice would be silenced and your word would shine through and your Holy Spirit would speak to your people. And to you be all honor and glory and power forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Men and amen. Listen, there's this phenomenon that, that I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed it too. I know I certainly saw it when I was growing up in Caledonia, and then I still see it here in Cambridge, but I think I saw it most poignantly when, uh, when I lived for a few years in North Bay, Ontario. And I think that's because in North Bay, as I'm sure you are well aware, the winters are much colder and they're longer and more drawn out than we have here. And uh, and what I'm thinking about right now is this, this tendency that people have that as, as the temperature starts to rise around this time of year and we get anywhere around 10 degrees or so and the sun comes out for any length of time, people come out of their doors like bears waking from a winter slumber, okay? I recall vividly piles of snow still piled up in the shadowy areas and anywhere the sun had managed to melt the snow down to grass level there was people out sun tanning in March at 10 degrees what and to be honest even one of my most favorite memories of my time in North Bay apart from meeting my beautiful bride of course um, is this time that some buddies and I decided that we wanted to go ice fishing and it's like late March and it's 10 degrees and sunny and a beautiful day but the lake is still thick enough that it can support us and our car and so here we are in the middle of Calendar Bay just outside of North Bay lines through holes in the ice 
fishing, and, and just hanging out, playing shirts and skins football, country music blaring from the car radio. It was a great time. But I think all of this, I think all of this comes from the fact that when we've been cooped up inside all winter long and because it's cold and we just don't want to get out very much, we start to long for that connection. Because when we've been cut off from, from connecting with people, from interacting with people, we realize just how much we need that connection, don't we? We start itching for it. And now I'm sure that you're feeling the weight of that right now, aren't you? Right, because even us introverts, when we're confined to isolate within our homes, we realize just how much we need community, just how much we need connection with those around us. And I know that, that I've been missing all of you dearly. And so, and I know that I'm sure that there's many of you who are missing gathering with the people of God. So I just want to encourage you that we will get through this and we will maintain ways of, of connecting with one another and it will be glorious when we can be back together um, again. But something that I've, I've learned is that, that whether it's, it's family or friends or, or even maybe it's characters in a book or a TV show or it's podcast hosts or it's YouTube personalities or it's even artists, we are always connecting with someone, even if that someone doesn't necessarily connect back with us. And I think that in these times of this social starvation, we start reaching out for just the easiest place to connect. To connect. And, and, and without really thinking about how it's truly affecting us. And so I want to ask you a question right now. I want to ask you the question of who are you connecting with? Who are you connecting with? Well, we're continuing our sermon series here entitled Growing in Christ as we work our way through the book of Philippians together. And, and let me just say that I've been so thankful that we've maintained this same uh, sermon series, this regular sermon series through the book of Philippians, because I think it gives this just air of, of, of normalcy through a crazy mixed up time. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed at how the Holy Spirit works through the planning process, even in uh, a way, way in advance as we're preparing when we're going to be preaching what passages um, that God selected, hand-selected these very specific passages for this time and how relevant they can be to our current context. And so this morning, with that in mind, we come to Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30. And if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to turn there now. If you don't have a Bible with you, feel free to pause this video. Go grab a Bible, bring it back, open it up. Um, and then, uh, or, or you can even bring it up on your smartphone, heat it up on Google, however you want. But before we get to reading the passage, there's just a few points of background that I want, uh, that I think are important to remember. First of all, this is a letter written by a guy named Paul and delivered to a church in a city of Philippi. And what we realize by this is that these are, this is a real person writing words in history to real people. And we're even going to be meeting some of these people in just a few minutes as we read through this, this letter. 
And second of all, it's important to remember that this isn't just a random church connection to Paul. It's not just like uh, he's writing to some church in a far-off city that he doesn't know. These people were very important to him because it's the very first church that he planted as he started his gospel ministry. And so he cares just a great deal for them. And last, as um, Paul has a few different purposes for writing this letter to them. Really, he's writing a thank you letter uh, to thank them for supporting his ministry. But, but since they didn't have easy access to communication, he's, he's capitalizing on this connection with them. And he's offering them also just some pastoral advice and some insight. And this is why I love the book so much, because it's really just so normal-seeming. It's this guy who's, who's writing to some people that he loves, and he's encouraging them to grow in their relationship with Jesus. He's encouraging them to grow in Christ. And one of the key themes that Paul hits on in this letter is this need for unity amongst believers. This need for Christians to be of the same mind, both with Christ and with each other, even to the point of putting others before ourselves. And this is one of the ways that, that Christianity kind of bristles against our culture, that, that because we're following in the example of Jesus, we don't look out just for our own interests, uh, but we actually look out for the interests of others first. And it's this humility that Paul highlights about the work of Jesus in the first part of chapter 2. And it's in this, in light of the work of Jesus in our own lives, that Paul calls us to follow in Jesus' example. And last week, Pastor John showed us how, how we have a role to play in, in getting better at following this example, that, that we actually do some of that work because it's God who's working in and through us. And so we have a role to play in growing in Christ. Now, now as we continue on, we see that Paul is continuing this theme of growing in Christ, and he's saying that he wants us to grow in Christ by choosing our connections. He wants to grow in Christ by choosing our connections. And so, so let me... Uh, read for you now Philippians chapter 2 verses 19 through 30. It says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I've thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again. 
and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Now, if you have ever wondered how a book that was written 2,000 years ago could be relevant for our current context today, I encourage you to just look again at verse 19. Here it says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. See, what we see here is a man, Paul, who's isolated to his place of residence, namely a Roman prison. Right? And he's trying to find creative means to connect with the people that he loves. Maybe you can relate to that. Isolated to your place of residence, trying to find creative means to connect with people that you love. And so Paul, he says, listen, writing these letters, this isn't enough for me. I, I, I need more deeper connection. And so, so I'm going to send Timothy. I'm going to have him zoom on down to you. And he's going to bring back some good news of, about how you're doing to me. I mean, it's not like Paul can just hit him up on FaceTime, right? But Paul has a purpose here in showcasing Timothy and Epaphroditus specifically. See, with his goal in mind of exhorting us to be like Christ, Paul seems to be anticipating this response of, of like, am I even, is that even possible? Am I able to do that? And maybe you're hearing this right now and you're thinking the same thing. Can I be like Christ? Like, is that even possible? See, the way Paul addresses this is by offering some examples of, of those who are striving to that end. Right? He's already offered himself up as an example, and he kind of continues to do that through this passage, but he offers up two specific examples. Those who, they're not perfect, to be sure, but they're devoted, they've devoted their lives to serving and, and to being like Christ. And Paul's urging the Philippians to connect with these men in particular because who we connect with drastically affects how we see the world and how we interact with it and who we are. And so I'll ask you again, who are you connecting with? And so I want to encourage you to grow in Christ by choosing your connections. Now, as a rule, my family and I tend to be a road trip family. So if we're going on a trip, we're going we're gonna to hop in the car and make the drive part of the trip. But part of the, one of the realities of this is, is having to figure out how to eat while we're on the road. Right, and, and so we have, we've, we've tried every way that we can think of, to be honest. We've tried anywhere from, from eating fast food to, to stopping at sit-down restaurants. We've packed coolers full of pre-made sandwiches and even stopped on the side of the road, whipped out a barbecue and grilled up some hot dogs. So we've tried all these things and the reality is that all of these things have their pros and cons. Right? Sometimes we really just want to keep on the road. We don't want to stop. We just want to grab some takeout and eat it in the car as we're driving. But sometimes we want, we need better food for us and so, so we wanna prepare that ahead of time and we need to choose which way we're gonna do this. And here's the thing, 
The same is true when we're choosing those that we connect with. Right? It can be really easy to just, if you're isolated in your house and you're all alone, to just flip on Netflix, hit the, the first one under the popular section, and just binge watch what everybody else is watching without really thinking about it too much. That's the easy one, like that's the fast food, right? But the reality is, is that, that, that these shows, they're not passive. They affect us in ways that we don't necessarily see right away. And so it affects the way that we interact with the world. And so we need to make choices about who we're connecting with so that we can make sure that we're continuing to be growing in Christ. And I think that our, our text here in Philippians, through here, that Paul offers us some, some ways that, and some things that we can look for as we seek to connect with others. Now, now before I dive in here, I just want to say that, that there's, there's certainly there's levels of interaction, right? That we give different connections and, and different uh, levels of influence into our lives, right? And what we're talking about here is, is like those high-level connections that, that, that we give a lot of, of, of value into our lives, that we allow them a lot of insight into our lives and influence in our lives, but my word of exhortation to you would be to not take even these lower levels of interaction and of connection flippantly, but that we actually put everything that we interact with through this grid of, of is this helping me to grow in Christ? Because really that's the most important thing. And so for these, for these main influencers in our lives, I think Paul shows us that we ought to be looking for a couple key uh, characteristics in people. We ought to look to connect with those who seek Christ. And we ought to look to connect with those who sacrifice for Christ. So let's look again at verses 19 through 22. It says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send a Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel. See, Paul is very particular about why he is choosing Timothy as an example for them. For one, he's proven himself, right? He's proven how he conducts himself, but the question is, what has he proven? Right, and I think in verses 21 and 20 through, through 21, we see what, what he's proven. We see his heart, the heart of Timothy. We see, for I have no one like him. Or the translation might also be, I have no one like-minded, someone who's exactly like me who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. So we see that Timothy is one who is concerned about their welfare. For they all, he's speaking of other ministers, seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. See, Timothy seeks the interest of others because he seeks the interests of Christ. Paul is showing us that Timothy is the living embodiment of the type of person he's calling the Philippians to be in the first place, in, in the first part of this letter. He seeks Christ and so he naturally cares about others more than himself. 
And this seeking of Christ is really the key point here. That, that's why Paul isn't driving home this, this whole letter that if we are seeking Christ, we'll start to become like Christ and we'll start to really grow in Christ. And this is why he's showcasing Timothy for us. And so I want to ask you again, who are you connecting with? Are those you connecting with seeking Christ themselves? Is that something you would characterize them as, seeking Christ? Are they seeking him or the world? Because the reality is, is that their motivation is going to influence you. Brothers and sisters, I want you to be growing in Christ by seeking out those who seek Christ. Let's continue on in our passage here, verses 25 through 30. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but, but God had mercy on him. Not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. See, here Paul brings up someone that, that the Philippians know quite well. It, it seems as if Epaphroditus was a missionary even that was sent from either Philippi itself or potentially even a, a church that was close by. And he was sent specifically to Paul. And so he's a great connection between these two people or this group of people and, and Paul. But, but the fact that he's a common friend, I don't think is the main reason why Paul brings him up here. I think that he's wanting to point out him as an example See, Epaphroditus is sold out for Jesus, and he's sold out to the point of sacrifice, almost even to death. In fact, it seems that by what Paul says here, that but for the grace of God, he would indeed have died. I just want to take a side note here for a second. Because again, if, if you're looking for scripture to be relevant to your life, then consider the, the example and, and, and the context here of Epaphroditus. Here we have a man who is serving Christ with all that he is. And what happens to him? He falls ill. And not even just the sniffles, but like deathly ill. And so if you're, if you're here and... and and, and you're going around and you're saying, you know what, I don't really care about this COVID-19 thing because you know what, I love Jesus. And so he's going to protect me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Scripture never says that we won't, that we won't get sick. It never says that we won't face trials and, and sacrifice. In fact, it says the complete opposite. It says that, we, says that we will face trials, but, but what we, the gospel does is it walks with us through those trials. And it offers perspective throughout them. And it offers hope at the end of them. And it gives us reason for the suffering. Just tonight, 
We were in our small group and we were talking uh, about uh, the last week's passage and, and we came to this idea, and I think we were talking about our current cultural context, that, that, we, that all of this, any suffering that we come leads to pure joy. We read James chapter 1 that said, Consider it pure, pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. And so don't be going around saying, you know what, I'm not going to get sick because I love Jesus, because you might. But if you do, know that he'll walk with you through it. See, but Epaphroditus, he served Christ to the point of sacrificing for him. And that's why Paul is showcasing him here, because Jesus is worth sacrificing for. When we follow Christ, we're promised that, that we are going to face trials, but Jesus stays with us through them. And let me just encourage you now to seek people who, seek, uh, who, who live this out. Because it's going to give you confidence that when you do face those trials, you're going to have people to look to as an example of how to look to Christ and grow in Christ through those trials. And so I want to ask you again, who are you connecting with? Are the people that you're connecting with and the things that you're connecting with willing to sacrifice for Christ? And so we grow in Christ by seeking out those who sacrifice for Christ. I hope that you, you get the point that I'm trying to make here that, that this all flows out of, of our desire to grow in Christ. All of it comes out of this place of surrender of self and of acknowledgement that we need connection with one another. We need community to work together as examples for one another. Just as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This communal aspect of the Christian walk and we walk together to grow in Christ together. And so it's from this place that we seek people who, who seek Christ and, and we are will and are willing to sacrifice for Christ so that we can grow in Christ. I want to offer you just a few more points before we wrap up here. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I don't I don't have any of those people around me. And maybe you're just tuning in and, and you're not part of a church community. I want you, I want to encourage you to, to pray to God and ask him to bring those people into your lives. Ask him to reveal to you some people even maybe you don't know yet that, that you can interact with, that, that do exemplify these things. And if you don't have a church community and you're in, in our area in Cambridge, Ontario, I, reach out to us, info at templebaptistchurch.ca because we would love to connect with you in that. And, and offer some people that maybe can walk alongside you and be these examples of those who seek Christ and are willing to sacrifice for Christ. But the other uh, piece of advice I would give to you, not only to pray for it, do that first, but also you can look up biographies. And if you're just looking for more, I encourage you to read biographies of those who have gone before us and have, who exemplify this. And if you're looking for some examples, feel free to reach out to one of us pastors. We'd love to give you some examples of biographies you could read. One that I'll, I'll give you right now is I just started uh, into a book by John Piper called 21 Servants of Sovereign Joy. And it's, it's a big, thick 
book, but it, it highlights 21 servants of the Lord who are filled with joy, and, and it's just a great resource for that. And then the next thing that I want to I want to say to you and leave you with is is another is just more so a couple more questions. Are you this type of person? Right? I've been encouraging you to seek out examples like this, but are you this example? Are you seeking Christ? Are you willing to sacrifice for Christ? Are you even trying to grow in Christ? Does he mean anything to you? And if he does, praise God. Are you bringing somebody along with you? Are you reaching into and pouring into somebody else, being that example for them so that you can encourage them to become more like Christ? Man, I think we are really feeling just this lack of connection and being with one another. But if you're not in a small group, then then reach out to the church again because because we'd love to connect together and encourage one another to be and to grow in Christ. But if this isn't you and you, you don't know Jesus, maybe you're tuning in now because you're just looking for hope and you're feeling scared and you just need hope. Can I just be an encouragement to you and say, Jesus can be that hope. He's really, he's the only hope. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the same, he's the same from when he created the world to, and he'll be the same when he returns again to consummate the world and, and to bring in the new heavens and new earth. And so if you are looking for that solid rock to stand on and to be that hope in troubling times, I encourage you to call out to Jesus, say, I need you. Because we do need him. That's something that you're doing. Can I ask that you would reach out to us? That email again is info at templebaptistchurch.ca. I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you that you're looking to, to connect with Christ. And we'd love to walk with you through that and help you along in that. And introduce you to this guy named Jesus that, that we love so much let's pray holy spirit we need you lord jesus we need you lovingly heavenly father we need you god right now i pray if there are any who are feeling the call to come to you. Maybe they don't know you yet. If they're feeling that call, that they would call out to you and say, Jesus, I am a sinner. And I have, I have a broken relationship with you. Would you come into my life? Fill me with your spirit. And help me to grow and to become more like your son, Jesus. If there's anybody out there that prayed that prayer, God, would you work in their hearts? We love you, God. 
We need you, and it's through Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you did, if you prayed that prayer, please, please reach out. I'd love to know. I'd love to hear from you. Info at templebaptistchurch.ca